Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game weekly podcast brought to you by Melee and Stats. I'm your host, Gimme That Wheat, and uh, here with me is a co-host, Ambi Sinister. Before we get to our wonderful guest, I want to say just a little something. Every week I come out here, I say, oh, hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melee and Stats. Now, the real diehard fans will probably realize that last week there wasn't a podcast, and I want to issue an apology from the bottom of my heart. The rumors <laughs> are true. My fat ass fell on my computer and wrecked my laptop screen. Just completely demolished by my dummy thick body. And uh, I want to issue a, an apology to the to the fans out there. Because you, you didn't have an episode. And you, it's all because of my You my don't need to cake. apologize for being thick. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one should apologize for being thick. And, and I think it's important that we talk about this. This is the episode that we've uh, been waiting for. <laughs> the episode of Melee Stats, where we talk about where it's okay to be thick. Uh, well, I appreciate the uh, the appreciation from uh, our, our wonderful guest, Wisely. What is up, Wisely? I'm doing all right. I, I just got home. It's been a... I'm, I'm going to say it's been a weird day, but that's fine. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, thank is you it so weird because I talked on. about my... No, there's other stuff. I'm not. It's okay. unrelated to this, unrelated to Smash. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of had a, a a kind of a little bit of a weird week in terms of what's been happening in Smash mm-hmm. and mainly specifically. Obviously, there's some other stuff that we're gonna get to. Um, yeah, there there's a lot to go on. Yeah, before I get there, I got my computer fixed, and the guy was like, "Do you want to keep your old laptop screen?" I was like, "No." It's cracked. It's like completely cracked. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Eric, what is up with you today? What is up? I am also having a bit of a weird couple days. I have to take intro probability for my master's degree, which is, I think, very funny to mention on the Melee Stats podcast, Waiting for Game. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you think you can do probability? oh it was rough dude i had to do homework and i had to hand copy 100 values from the textbook and then return the mean and i was like oh this is very hard (laughs) if i get any of these wrong the hardest part is hand copying it though not the actual like like, math ridiculous (laughs) so that's been like my entire last couple of days has been hand copying values from a textbook but other than that i'm doing great and i'm excited about today's episode uh speaking of hand copying so, as we know, as is well known at this point, what is what is established as waiting for game canon, uh, I broke my laptop recently because of my butt. Uh, what I had to do, I was I was without a laptop for like a week and a half. Um, I had to like write stuff out if if I was instead of like putting something in a Google Sheet or something like that and like figuring stuff out. So, <laughs> I have a notebook. That has the bracket progressions for Smash World Tour, Central America, Melee Regional Finals, <laughs> qualifiers or whatever, uh, because you know I had to make sure that the the way the pools worked out, make sure it all worked out. And and you know what, it was well worth it because the event that we ended up seeing was was a pretty good one. So this is the first Smash World Tour event that we've seen from the Melee side. Um, kind of broader Smash fans might know that. Smash World Tour has been running uh, ultimate events a little mm-hmm. bit, some open qualifiers, and uh, some, some. they actually had a regional qualifier already, I believe. I think they already had their Central America one. 
but this is the first one that we're seeing of melee um i know that ambi and i have been on the smash world tour side of things uh working on some stuff wisely what are your uh what are your thoughts on, on smash world tour i know it's kind of something that for a lot of people flew under the radar a little bit yeah so i i do pay attention to the greater smash community um i don't play ultimate's probably the game i'm involved in the least but like i've helped run brackets for them i've done different stuff i mainly do melee pm and rivals um so it was one of those that like once this bracket popped up i was like wait is this the first time i've seen melee from smash world tour i couldn't remember i was trying to figure it out um and then i i couldn't watch live but every time i was seen i didn't realize how many good sheiks were in central america and mexico that was like i knew about jcam i knew about far uh i didn't know about uh is it asa isa awesome. um, yeah yeah but it I, there were the the other thing was seeing them go over names that i did know like seeing javi lose pretty early or watching like eddie mexico not make it out like that was the kind of thing that was like oh I need to pay more attention to this because there's names doing very well that I just don't know at all before today. Yeah, it's really funny because I think that uh, canonically Central America is sort of known as like super spacey heavy relative to yep. the rest of the regions. And like you look at like the final bracket and like winners is like Sheik, 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 Falcon, which is basically mm -hmm. Sheik. And then like losers is like 15 spaces. <laughs> I, I did notice like, that, is, like, as great. the tournament went on, it was like, okay, it is just the Sheiks. It's so funny. Yeah, like, if you look at, for the longest time, any Mexican PR, it was just like, and it, and it could be Mexico as, as a general country, or it could be regions within Mexico. Like, literally, you'd be so hard to find someone that wasn't Fox or Falco. Uh, and, mm -hmm. yeah, Falcon. So that that's kind of one that uh, Mexico as a region, you know, not something that, people would, would uh, like think of when they think of Mexico as, as a Falcon. But, you know, if we're, if we're talking about people who did really well, Pantera is someone who comes to mind. Um, you know, if we want to, if we want to get into his pool, like, I think that that was uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise to get out, but also on our smash world tour uh, show that we did beforehand, where we, we kind of introduced the people, talked a little bit about it. We didn't know any of the brackets, but like we were trying to suss out maybe who's an underdog and who's, going to be a little harder mm -hmm. uh, and we did call that pantera was going to be a little hard for any mexico now did we call that like 10 of these players were going to be hard for any mexico yeah but is that on us <laughs> were we were we really that wrong i think we did specifically point out pantera as like a potential landmine for a mexico yeah uh, we'll get into some other people that were hard for a mexico in a little bit but uh i do want to briefly mention a story that i heard a little bit from uh from someone in our Discord. Because uh, as some of you may know, Pipsqueak had a bit of a misadventure in Mexico uh, a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago. And uh, he played with Pantera uh, while he was in Mexico. And uh, I, I think uh, Pipsqueak thought that Pantera was very interesting because Pantera like doesn't shield drop. He's like like a super modern version of a Falcon that is like trapped in the past or whatever. Um, and Fisku was like, this is hilarious. And he was like, book. <laughs> and here we are. After being shown the cookbook, Pedro has this amazing tournament. So 
<laughs> Shout out to Pipsqueak, the true, the true, the brains behind Pantera's run at, at I mean, the World Tour Regional Finals. Shout outs to Chef Rock. I was gonna say, and shout outs to Chef for making the cookbook. <laughs> and you know what? Shout outs to Sachi. <laughs> Throw him in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, Pantera. Pantera has had some good results uh, online and in, and in person, but with the ability to enter a lot of stuff online, definitely someone who was able to rack up some wins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was uh, this was a really cool event for them. If, if we're going to talk about people who kind of got out of their pool as a little bit of a surprise, though, uh, Pantera is a good one to mention, but I got to go as it, right? Bimbo came in. He was the number one seed. Uh, Bimbo's the only player on this who's ranked top 100. I know it's been a little bit since we had a top 100, but he was ranked like 41st or something like that. It was it was a high ranking. Um, and to, to see him drop to Aza, Aza 3-1 Bimbo, Aza 3-1 Leguidos, and uh, 3-0 Burrito to, to get out first place in his pool, like mm-hmm. that was something that maybe people didn't expect of that, of, of Aza. And I think that that's kind of like a whole thing about Mexico, right? We talked about going into this. It's the biggest question is how do these old, old players, you know, how do these uh 2019 <laughs> <laughs> i mean dude did you see it? the 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 broadcast is really great um because they had a lot of questions that, that you could tell that they asked the competitors and one of the questions was you know when have you been active since uh, so it's super cool to see someone like jay cam do really well since 2015 up there uh which makes me think like oh i started before him and i am not doing this uh same but one of the funniest ones was like Dude, there were so many from 10, 15 years ago, uh, including you, the, the Falco was player. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, who said he was active since 2000. Hmm. Just in, in the development, just, he helped just there hanging out. He had, a, he had a beta pass. <laughs> that was hilarious. Just hanging out at Nintendo's offices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's kind of been like a big story. Is uh, We were looked at to see how these players who've been consistently good for so long versus the players who may be up and comers, maybe someone who uh, the greater Smash community at large might not know. Mm-hmm. I think Azza doing so well. That was something that like, you know, if uh, if you follow Mexican brackets or if you follow I know Azza's been able to enter some American tournaments. Um, like Azza's not a surprise, but still, after all these years being able to do so well, that that's crazy to me. Is there, a, is there anyone else who like kind of stood out to you because I think there were a couple people here who had some surprise runs. Anyone? One one that I wanted to mention was uh, Super Quack. Super yeah. Quack I think had a, a crazy tournament because he didn't do amazing in uh, in pools if I remember right. I think uh, which pool was he in? He was in the Pantera Eddie Mexico pool. Yeah. Uh, okay. And he went he went O three because he lost to Valdo Pantera in Eddie Mexico. Uh, and then in bracket. He plays you round one, and you I felt so bad for because he had like the death pool. He had like the Javi and J Cam pool, which yeah. I just I thought was such a rough pool for you to be in. And uh, you know, he had great sets with the two of them. And then he he makes it out, and then uh, he plays Super Quack, and he loses in game five to Super Quack. And then Super Quack goes on this crazy run where he beats Dream, and then goes game five at Eddie Mexico and barely loses. And I was like. Wow, I was I was not expecting this. This is Beast. very unfortunate for you, who I think uh, <laughs> was like I think a really high seed relative to how he plays. I mean, Super Quack beats Dream with Fox. Like yeah, uh, that that was wild. 
we've seen a few upsets, uh, you know, like top 64 at big tournaments where like maybe again, it'll take a set over at peach, but still like super you, you think a bad matchup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 still really, it's really funny to be like, draw the line here. Can't do peach. Uh, and, and just like, yeah, dude, uh, I, I mean, it worked out mm -hmm. game five, but like, Hey, if, uh, if it works out, then, then you can't really say anything bad about it. Yeah, uh, I, sure. I know that Super Quack's results have been, uh, like, we've definitely seen the Fox before. There's been the Sheik here and there, but, like, I'm not sure if I expected to see it at this level. And, and to see both characters, the Peach and the Fox, bring him pretty far, bring him to top eight. That, that was pretty cool. Not something I would have called, necessarily. Yeah, that was awesome. Wisely, is there anything uh, anything that really caught your eye here? I mean, honestly, like, feel like almost all these players, you could make the, the claim that these are some surprise results. That's just kind of how this region is, and that's kind of how this tournament is. But there's anything that stood out to you? I mean, so so like I said, I wasn't able to watch it live, but I, I feel like my knowledge of Central America was behind the times. And so that is why names like Javi losing in losers round two was really surprising to me but i'm also like just used to like javi and twin being you know the gods yeah. of the region for so long and it's like yeah i know that's not true but i wouldn't have been able to name who actually was at this point other than bimbo uh which was one of the names i did know but then seeing him start in losers like not right, even yeah. make it on in winner's side was like has a fantastic the the run through valdo kata pantera and Eddie mexico um, which is a, a crazy losers run for anybody, but the fact that he started in losers and didn't even make winner side. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a different sure. format. Yeah, yeah. this. Uh, so, uh, I mean, as far as I know, I'm not sure if Smash World Tour will always use the same format, but this one was kind of particularly brutal. Uh, the first two players, mm -hmm. you know, the, the top two placing players um, in the entire tournament, got slots in the world finals. Uh, oh, which is going to be two. super cool. Okay. But I think because it was only two players, the, the format was a little different. So you needed to get first in your pool to get out of winners, which is just mm -hmm. like with something at, at this level of skill, like I think the the way that Mexico works as a whole, uh, and then especially when you combine the, the Central American players that we were able to see, like, I think it's just so tough because the, like, you know, Javi or something like that, you mentioned Javi, you mentioned Bimbo, put them in a different pool or put them in a, in a pool where it's a little different. And I think it could be completely different results. I think, you know, yeah. who gets out of winners. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned Javi. I guess we got to talk about it, right? It Well, so quick before we talk about Javi specifically, it feels like a region where the, the skill ceiling isn't... It's not that it isn't as high, but like the range of skill even among the top players, because there's a, there's a lot of regions where like the top three players are like a floor above the next like six. Uh, and this really feels like a region where like six different people could have taken first. Yeah, for sure. And they, there's a cool gradient to it all. Mm -hmm. um, because like, you know, you look at uh, someone who might've been seated kind of low, um, uh, like Real or something like that. Uh, like maybe not going to take the event, but like could definitely beat people who have the ability to take the event or beat people sure. who could beat people who, you know, like the, the way it works that I think is really cool. I, I definitely don't think that anyone here was uh, like definitively 
getting 13th, uh, and, I, and I don't think anyone here was definitively getting first. Mm-hmm. But going into it, the, like, that was a question we had. Could Javi get first? I mean, obviously, we found out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that was definitely something really wild to see. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while, and the last time we have seen him, I think, was a Smash Factor. Um, okay. Maybe Smash Factor 7 or something like that, where... Uh, you know, maybe not the uh, the best placing that we've seen from him, but like all eyes were on him, and you know we, we saw him lose to JK and Pools, and we saw him lose to Kata, um, the two Central American players. But like, still, I don't know. Ambi, let me hear your thoughts on Javi, because I I came out of this event. I'm not gonna say he's top 25, but like, I'm not necessarily ready to write him off yet, and I want your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I so this is like filtered through like Fox player eyes, I guess. Uh, so I guess a little bit divorced from like the the melee stats pundit perspective, I guess. But uh, I just think Javi is such a weird player. Uh, I think watching him is always so strange because he just like does these like crazy weird jumps, and then he does all this like super wacky drift. And, like, him versus Falco, I think, is, like, the most confusing thing in the world to me. Because I would consider Falco, like, one of Javi's uh, stronger matchups. Like, historically, he's done quite well versus Falco players. Yeah, I mean, his um, brother plays Falco. Yeah, you know, it makes sense, right? He's very (laughs) good at Falco. Um, And uh, it was just so weird. I watched him versus you, and I just felt like he did all these, like, crazy full hop nares. And then they would, like, barely hit every single time. Like, you would hit with, like, the very edge of the hitbox all the time. It just felt like he kept getting lucky, but like he got lucky like 130 times in the set. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. Some crazy drift, fastball combination mix up thing going on in his head. So it's just like super weird. Uh, he definitely seemed like kind of not really in form relative to other times that we've seen him, but like he's still like very clearly like a good player underneath all of it. Um, I think his bracket was a little bit rough too. I think the J Cam pool was like super absurdly stacked. And I think uh, Sam is a matchup that he's historically kind of struggles in. Uh, so like you, I don't really, I'm not super prepared to write him off, but I think he was definitely like a little bit rusty compared to, uh, I guess, his mm-hmm. peak performances as like number one in the region or whatever. Um, but just okay. like a super, super weird player to watch. Always fun to watch Javi, I think. <laughs> oh, Javi's one of my, always been one of my favorite international players. Dude, he did... Um... I'm trying to remember the exact uh, what exactly happened, but I saw him like grab, and I guess like maybe it was back throw on on a top or something like that. Like whatever it was, it was into a tech situation, and then he grabbed the tech, and I was like, dude, Javi grabbing twice in a row. What is happening here? I was I was mind blown <laughs> that this dude is able to grab someone twice. Uh, I, I'm still thinking about it. I mean, the way he holds the controller, like I, I legitimately don't know how he can do it he, he must have like a 13th finger or something that that hits all the yeah buttons. i haven't i haven't paid close enough attention to know if he grabs with reaching around the controller to the z button or if he presses l and a on the same frame uh oh i, I think both he uses of those... the weird yeah i totally yeah. forgot he uses that grip yep yeah arcade style it... whatever you want to call it yeah you know? he like yeah, sets yeah. it down his left on his hand lap. is normal but uh, his right hand is is very not normal. So him grabbing is always like a treat. I'm like, oh, Javi did a grab. That's crazy. I mean, that is like, so so Javi's amazing. You know, mm. we we talked about how 
much retreat he has to watch. Um, but like 100%, if, if he's ever at a major, which hopefully we get to see him at a major. Oh, I'm not writing like, him off when, by whatever. Any means, yeah. Um, we, you know that he's going to get a set on, on stream. If only so he can, they can zoom in on his hand and they can see that his weird little grip where his one hand stays flat and then presses the buttons like it's an arcade stick. Yeah, I, uh, I have a friend who plays that way. And despite me knowing them for how many years now, I'm just every time I play that, I'm just like, how on earth do you do this? Why? <laughs> I think that the idea of unique players like that is the thrill gone now that we have like boxes. Like, are, well, are we? The follow up is far? my friend that plays like that is trying to switch to a box. Okay, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The the next frontier. Uh, so I believe it's Guilty Gear. I think there's a Guilty Gear player by the name of Gano, who I believe got their tag because they're friends with Siffy Chan, uh, who who has melee roots. Uh, so there's there's some melee connection there. Uh, I believe it's a Guilty Gear player who plays on a Rock Band keyboard. That and, is and to do like, so cool. Like to like throw a fireball or whatever to do like a fireball motion. <laughs> I don't know, like play a couple notes. That's so sick. <laughs> I need to see that. Okay. I'll I mean, I think later. we just need to bring that to melee. Yeah, I think that uh, hey, we, we need some. Like, we're trying to get everybody to be okay people. with box controllers first. I don't know. <laughs> How do I explain to you that my rock band controller is definitely legal? <laughs> okay, well, here's what we do. We start in 64. They're like yeah, using the like West. Or yeah. some shit. Like they, I don't know what they're doing. They're like dancing on a pad and getting zeroed out to the Kirby's. Uh, so we start there, we burrow away in, we give it to Nintendo or something, he plays piano, and then boom, we're set. Yeah, if we give it to Nintendo, he'll definitely legalize it, right? <laughs> we give it, he plays piano, he'll legalize it. Like, this is, we gotta get a cut of this. Wisely, yeah. you're, you're, you got 10%, you're in the room when it happens. Yeah, I am. I, I play, uh, I'm in the middle of switching to box, so I feel this. This is important to me. Yeah, you know, I, I've always thought that the Final Frontier for, for GameCube controllers is a uh, like a electroencephalography, right? Like the um, I the have fucking... no idea. What oh yeah, right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry, it's like the uh, like you ever see like those like brain wizard toys, which are like the little EEG sensor, and it's like a little oh. helmet, and you put it on oh, your wait, head, no, I and you I was think like up, totally different, and then the ball like goes up, and you think down, and like the ball goes down. Oh. Um, you can buy those, and like, you know. Put them on an Arduino and uh, I, like I need someone to, to win a tournament set on stream with a therapy. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe like what are the four most important actions? Like I think I could definitely play Ice Climbers with an EEG in my brain, right? If wobbling's legal, all I hey need now. is wait, L A. Wait, I'm an Icy's player. Don't do this. No, because <laughs> this is great, right? Because then we don't we don't need we don't need to 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 have like our hands involved at all <laughs> i wobbled you right? my true mind. yeah true dude <laughs> like, we, like, i still neutral it's like it's not like it makes the game any easier but it would be left right la <laughs> that's so, it like, i, I bet already... you could beat at least people are very bad round one against ICs. i'll yeah. straight up admit that i think you could get away with it at least a couple rounds just like dude i think rings. you could beat it uh Top 100 players, maybe like uh, something in the 70s or 80s. It's it's very, not top 100 people, but it's very sad how often I go to a major and my like first three opponents will all be like, 
you're the first Ices I've played in like three years. I'm like, uh oh. All right. <laughs> you're not the first Fox I've played in. <laughs> Dude, it all it all comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's been the story of Ices is that like everyone's good versus Ices, so we see fewer of them in, in bracket. And then, yeah. Uh, yep. And then everyone just assumes that Ices are like really bad and don't have to think about them, and then they come back and I think that's where we're at right now. Everyone assumes ICs are really, really bad because they can't wobble I, currently. I do think that they're really, really bad. I just think that everyone's bad against them now. I, yeah, I agree they're, with you're, those points. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think they're not mutually exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> you're able to be really bad against a bad character. Um, yeah, basically, I was going to say, uh, if there's hands-free wobbling, like, dude, I'm already self-conscious about, like, the venue staff that that has to see us all like play on these old ass TVs for eight hours a day, more than eight hours a day. Um, how, how would it feel if like you're a venue staff and you go to an event and there's just a bunch of people like staring at an old TV, <laughs> like hands on their lap, just I, like like literally the Matrix. I shave my head <laughs> so it can access my brain waves faster. <laughs> yeah, that's the play. You clean your signal uh, that way. Uh. No box controllers at this event. I'm trying desperately to, to reel this back in to, to a segue. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that there's no box controllers. I feel like that's one of the big stories of quarantine melee was how many people switched. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder, like, is it a... Is it a region thing? I mean, I don't know many people uh, in that region in, in Mexico or Central America who use it. I also don't know... Like international shipping to Mexico, super high. I mean, I don't know. It all can't be explained through international shipping. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that there are some people, dude. I mean, I feel like Javi would be really good on a box. <laughs> he would be he really would, good I don't on a box. To, I don't want it. This is the one good thing. Like you, you can't stop those those cool things from happening. No one, actually, I never even thought about this. No one gives it. We're gonna lose the I, five people who play with a arcade stick style GameCube <laughs> controller to the boxes. That's so funny. I didn't We've already lost your that. friend. We're we're going down. And well, and and straight up, he's a or at least was. I don't think in the most recent rankings, he was a top fifty PM player. So like, that's oh, a damn. a good player who we've we've lost a whack style to. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get back into this brackets. We we talked about a couple of really cool events. I mean, I, I think we talked about Javi. The other side of that coin is Eddie Mexico, right? Like for anyone who has been watching North America, uh, I guess American events, um, like primarily American events, Eddie Mexico has been doing super well. And it's the mm -hmm. flip side to that is the Mexican events, where you know uh, my good friend. Who was it? Some fox man. Some green fox said that uh, Eddie Mexico in Mexico is a bit like AMSA in Japan. <laughs> We're like super good outside of it. But, uh, you know, once, once you get in there, everyone's kind of a little more aware of what's happening. And, and it gets like monumentally harder. When and, one of your top players plays uh, a weird character, you just have to learn it. You, you don't get to use the matchup experience. For sure. You just have to do it. Yeah, like every every region that has one of this weird character, you know, they, they go out and they're always like so good against it. And uh, 
that's kind of what we see versus uh, versus Luigi. I mean, Eddie Mexico has done super well on uh, online and in like bigger America tournaments. Multiple wins over Fat Goku. You know, we. Uh, I think he had a win on Lucky. I don't know if it was Lucky's Fox, but he's definitely had a lot of really good wins. Mm-hmm. And we see him come here, and you know, he he uh, did well, but he didn't get top two, yeah. which I think was expected. Starts in losers, barely beats Super Quack, and then you know he uh, unfortunately he gets it to a point where he's going into loser semis, and it's either going to be Pantera or Bimbo, both of whom are super scary. It's like. This bracket, uh, I mean, it's basically no way where Eddie could have gotten out of it uh, without having a really scary player in his path, and he just happened to have a few that, uh, you know, I, I would say it was dealt a bad hand, but I'm not sure if he could be dealt yeah. any other hand. Yeah, really, really crazy to see. Uh, but I guess, you know, talking about the... the Maybe not. I don't want to say underperformances, but the the players who maybe we expected to to be top two, let's actually get to top two because these are players mm-hmm. that we really barely mentioned. We mentioned Jcam, who uh, is he's the the representative from Panama. He him and Kata are the only uh, Central American players, in, in, along with the fourteen Mexican players. So I think there was uh, there's a lot of questions going on about them. Uh, we we see some net play results, but obviously connections from from Panama to America, kind of a little dubious. So I, I think this is like a wonderful opportunity for Jcam, this young up-and-coming player, to really prove what he's got and, in a larger sense, what Central America has. Um, I know that you guys, Ambi, I don't know if you got to watch. I know Wisely you didn't get to watch at the time. Um, like, what were your thoughts on Jcam going into this? Wisely, did you, did you, uh, did you know him? I, I didn't know Jcam. I knew him as one of the J Sheiks. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, but also because I was I was involved in the Austin Melee Bender and like they had the entire event that was the J Sheik round robin that Jcam yeah. was a part of. Um, but ended up beating Jmook there, right? I do not remember the results of that. <laughs> um, the funniest part of that entire thing, as a side note, was when they did this huge round robin. It was like, all right, this is a really cool thing. Everyone thought the idea was funny. And then they got to the end of it, and they're like, oh, shoot. We can't just put on five hours of chic dittos and call it a day for, like, we have to edit this down for content. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, I, that it was one of the questions, was Jcam has been doing really well, but Connection also like doesn't get to play against like U.S. players that often. This isn't U.S., but... Uh, when you're when you beat players like actually let's pull up the bracket before I just say things. Wrong. I mean Javi for yeah. one. Yeah. I mean when you beat one. Javi far, um, I yeah Javi and pools you beat as a and far as well like that's not just a fluke. You're not just like a good chic with a J in their name. Like you are actually very very solid. For sure, far also something who uh someone who I think you know. If you are just a, a casual melee viewer, far maybe not. He might not be the one who you expect to come out of this. But I will say, working with the uh, the team for for this Smash World Tour event, uh, I want to. This is a good Far's time to really just good. build the rumor that uh, <laughs> melee stats picked all the players and, and did it all. Uh, 
so obviously melee stats you know we have we have a little bit of a role with smash world tour some of the people from melee stats i should say uh but all the the regions themselves are done by tournament organizers seeders top players like the regions specifically have their own little teams uh so i was able to facilitate the seating you know make sure that that everyone was happy and we were able to get a good product out there um all the seeders had far as second like once you go past there people start to have different opinions but everyone said bimbo won far second and that was something that kind of shocked me a little bit uh you know i think really highly of jay cannon and being someone who is from america i think the results that i've seen from any mexico definitely impressed me but uh dude they uh they didn't prove to be wrong second seed second place far turns out people do people. know their own regions really well True. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me, the the white man coming in, being like, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I, I trusted them, but I I, uh, I didn't really know what to go off of because far, you know, I, we've seen him uh, beat hugs <laughs> at mm-hmm. uh, Evo 2015 or whatever it was. Uh, legendary set, mainly legendary because the the rap, but you know. <laughs> look, anything that gets in a chilling dude rap has uh, yeah, you, you got to make history somehow. He's, he's got that. Uh, he beat, I mentioned this on the, the previous podcast we did, he beat Bobby, Bobby Big Balls at uh, National Mail Arcadian 2. Bobby won from Losers. He was the one who sent him to Losers. So, like, definitely really solid performances. We, we've seen him be good for a while. But, uh, yeah, to, to see him do so well at this event, this is something that I wasn't really sure if I was going to see. Obviously, he fell to J-Cam, who really impressed. Um mm. But this is sick. I think this top two, this top two is going to be really cool. And uh, I, I guess before we move on to our next segment, if you have to beat Aza far and far twice, and hobby yeah. and pools, but if you have to beat Aza and far twice, I think we can give the Austin Melee boys some credit for all of that chic practice. <laughs> Look, I'm willing to give Austin Melee boys credit for a lot of things, but uh, that's <laughs> but maybe I not that one. There. I can't do that. <laughs> Maybe not international, like, three-frame rollback. <laughs> I can't do that one. <laughs> Look, a man's got to have a code. Uh, but, yeah, like, before we move on to the next one, like, J-Camp and Far, I guess, uh, you know, we, we are going to see the, the pieces of the puzzle all come together. It's just a little hard to say right now, but um, just, like, gut feelings. How do you guys feel about them going into the World Finals? I definitely think that, like, of the people that – could have made it to the world finals the people that like in my head feel like they deserve it the most uh are jk before uh i think that uh i'm pretty pleased with those two being the ones that get selected just like from like a thousand mm-hmm. feet because like as much as i love hobby like as a fox player um he's right i think like it you're saying yeah it is cool to see jk put in so much work on the netplay uh mm-hmm. era and like actually get rewarded for it by winning this event right yeah oh, and absolutely. i i i i'm i'm anticipating these two representing the region really well in the world finals um i think unfortunately these two are, are good other enough people, that i'd be surprised if they then like bomb in the finals yeah like they're I, I think they'll still do well and they'll still represent <clears throat> yeah I, I think it's gonna be super cool um Obviously, we only really know about the, the finalists uh, from Central America. We, we did see earlier that the South American ones got selected. Uh, 
Uh, so we're going to see Chape and HP, which is going to be super cool. I'm so excited because uh, I don't know either of them, and that makes yeah, me way right? more isn't excited that, about it. Isn't that so cool? Just like how often in the melee scene are you just gifted with these people from places that uh, you know you don't mm-hmm. hear much from who you just never heard of? Like, I mean, I, it's I such think, a rare I think treat. a lot about this is the the tour or the world tour equivalent of like Aiden inviting like specifically inviting so many international players out to his tournaments except yeah. now it's just like hey South America who do you want to send all right cool very excited yeah dude it is it is gonna be so sick um also I feel like I uh man those I hope Aiden gets back into that game at some point I I had a lot of fun exerting whatever power i had over him be like hey you should invite this person oh uh, right would you be were you pulling some of the strings i pull, i think that you know aiden has been on the most uh melee stats podcast episodes i said if he makes it to five he, we have to buy him a jacket uh kind of <laughs> like snl uh he's at four so we're kind of i shouldn't have said that this <laughs> this new star who i like suddenly barring for being on the podcast uh, but yeah, I mean, he's been on a lot. I gotta I make my him. way to four more after this. Then I want to jacket. <laughs> yeah, dude, everyone's staying at four. You don't get anything if you're at four. We don't got money for these jackets. <laughs> Literally nothing until the jacket. <laughs> but uh, so we can't have one. But but he is, dude. He is so close to melee stats. But unfortunately, last time he ran a don't park in the grass was a little bit. That's a little bit before uh, me and him became like the the mad scientist that that well. He was the mad scientist, and I'm the Igor, who's uh, <laughs> trying to make all these wacky concoctions happen. I guess that's a, a big way of saying this event will be cool. J-Camp and Far are going to do really well. Yeah, I mean, J-Camp, he's probably the, the player who fits the mold of, like, best skill and also least known. So to see him get to, to show his stuff on, on a big scale like this, that's great, especially coming in after wearing the event. Um, Far is one of those players who's super good, and despite the fact that we have, you know, we've seen him at Evo, we saw him at National Mail Arcadia, we've seen him at some events. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that he is like a cliche person to make it. I think that he is someone who, like, it's still going to be good to see from him, and, and yeah, I, I think that he could, uh, he could really make some upsets. So that that's super cool to see. I cannot wait for more smash world tour stuff i think it's gonna be sick mm-hmm. uh now <laughs> melee obviously we, we came off of the the very the very cool high of smash world tour and you know just the, the start of this whole smash world tour saga um so what, that like highlights one of the better parts of the smash community is the ability to do that unfortunately the the weekend was kind of brought down uh wisely yeah it's that part of the show. It's a very special episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like to Would you like to inform people of what happened? Obviously, so uh, for anyone who didn't see Riptide, which is, is going to be uh, it's going to be the first major back, I think is basically what we've mm-hmm. decided. Uh, it's Next got. Week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's coming up so quickly. Um, Flying out in like a week and two days or whatever. Yeah. That's wild. Yep. Those post, those pre-major jitters. Uh, I got to put such a long in time. my Twitter bio again for the first time in like two the years. The plane emoji in your name. Oh, yeah, the plane! Not the plane one. I put the soon the arrow. Soon. Well, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the plane comes next. You're, we're waiting for the plane. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, 
if we want to get into it, the, the big thing that we we heard recently is Riptide, the first mm-hmm. major that we're going to see, um, had, had to kind of make the announcement that that P plus unfortunately is uh, they're not able to run it. Um, you might have some more info on this. Obviously, you know whatever you're able to share. Uh, you've been working with the PM and P plus communities for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, are you able to to kind of let us know about like what? You know what kind of what happened maybe what led to this i know that there's a lot of history that we've seen yeah so to for some of my own background um i do stuff with melee pm and rivals like i've i've worked with the rivals dev team i'm commentating top 16 for them at riptide um i've commentated national top eights for them i've also done that with pm i'm very active in the pm scene um and then I, I, I've TO'd at, I've TO'd at Genesis and Big House and like a lot of different events for Melee. Like I'm very involved in all of them, trying to get my name in there a little bit more for Melee comms. Um, this one hurt a lot. This one hurt a lot because this is the spiritual successor to Smash and Splash, which for the last, well, in its entirety of existence, was one of the few major tournaments that we knew every year would actually host our game for PM. Um, the I'm blanking on which number it was. Was it SNS five? I think. Yeah. S- I think at both SNS four and five were in the top ten largest PM tournaments of all time. Um, yeah. Riptide was going to be the f- if you even though it's P plus, if you include it as a PM tournament. Riptide was going to be the fifth largest tournament of all time. Um, it was also going to be the biggest tournament of all time for just P+. Uh, this was the big thing, even... Oh, there's my dog in the background. I was wondering what he was doing. Um, even ignoring the quarantine. Like, this was the, a huge event for us beyond the... It's also been almost two years since we've seen everybody. Um, because we aren't at a lot of the other tournaments. We've got this, we've got low tier city, um, which we're all terrified of now of like, it could get ripped out of LTC or low tide city. Um, we could, it could get taken out of that. Um, but historically, like we haven't been at big house in so many years, not at Genesis. It's not at shine. It's not at, um, Kind of, not at this. I'll, I'll go into more of that later because we're going to talk about the future of P+. Because, um, spoiler alert, all of those tournaments still have P+, tournaments at them or PM <laughs> tournaments at them. It's just in other rooms or in hotel rooms or in a venue that we secured the three days beforehand or that's five blocks away or things like that. Um, but the, the events that we can... Un- fully roll out to and know like we are supported we're going to be on the stage here we're going to have our own like full setups we're going to have our own top eight ceremony we're going to be able to do everything they're really important to us um and we have our own majors pm and p plus have their own majors whether that's um blacklisted or uh, oh my gosh why am i blanking suddenly blacklisted or well, the the balk was a big, yeah, yeah bigger even bigger, bigger that was a big series for a yep. while even bigger bulk. Um, I did top 16 commentary at uh, EBB. Um, but like that, there, there's also one in NorCal that I just immediately, I want to say it's final boss, but I could be just blanking on the name for. Um, we have our own majors too. and But it's very special when it's a major that is 
part of the rest of the Smash scene um, because it's our one chance to be like, look at Switch and Lunchables fight it out at SNS, which is one of the greatest PM sets of all time. Or um, we're all very excited for main stage, but also now very scared of is it going to get taken out of main stage that's in November? Um, so that's one of the reasons that Riptide is so important to us. If this wasn't capped, I think it would have been the largest PM event ever. If it wasn't capped, or and you know safe, but <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm thinking right. Someone mentioned it in chat. Final boss is only 2015. I am thinking of fair and balanced. Yeah, um, which is just a PM inside joke tournament name, but it's called fair and balanced, named after Mario's forward air. Um, <laughs> but it it has always been very special to us to have tournaments that are fully supported by the greater PM scene and that aren't just especially because there's people like me or people like Stude or Junebug. Um, and there's more of us than that, but like those are some of the bigger names that if at all there's a tournament that has multiple Smash games, we're there. Like, no questions asked. I'm going there, especially that is the three that I do more stuff in. Um, and it's always the like, oh, okay, do I need to... I don't, I don't, I hate having to weigh, like, do I fly out to the PM major or to the melee major? Like... Figuring that kind of stuff out. Um, yeah, this tournament meant a lot to everybody. And it was it was going to be the first time. It was going to be the first one where we really see, like, which region is coming out on top for P+. There's so much trash talk, friendly, that's been going on about, like, you know, balance changes. Like, I don't think you're any good anymore because your character, like, whatever happened. Um, or I think you're very good now because you switched characters. Uh yeah, uh, I, I mean, I know I'm kind of rambling, but this no, tournament was very, important to, a... very important to a lot of people. And yeah. I want to very be very clear that this is not just, like, this is not just important because of, not just because of quarantine, but it was because of everything else going around this. Um, I hate to do this. I just got it. I have a new puppy. I've had him for about a month, and he is looking at me like he needs to go to the bathroom very badly. No, Can this is, this is like great. Melee Stats has recently uh, <laughs> found its I, way into the, the pet been. ownership uh, fan base. So, yeah. um, so I just go really ahead. don't want to be the first person on your podcast to have a dog pee in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Give me like literally two that, minutes. That's I will a clip and a half. Right back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, real fans of the show will know that uh, I talked to Moki about dogs pissing for some reason. I like, really don't remember why. I think I said that I would have a dog piss on me because I knew that that would go on live stream fails. And then he told me that a dog pissed on him. Mango's dog pissed on him during like a 0.5 stream. And uh, nothing. I thought I was going to be like next Ludwig, Ludwig Jr. Because a dog pissed on me. And he's like, hey, buddy, it's already happened to me. <laughs> that is wild. What do you think the over-under is for Edwin's new dog pissing on him? I think that uh, might be that may be part of the reason he didn't want to be on the show. The the shame of being pissed on by his new dog. Yeah. So Edward got a new dog. Edward got a, like 
you know, you two both got new pets. You have a new cat. Edwin has a new dog. Uh, both beautiful animals, I gotta say. Yeah, dude, I feel like we have heard every single thing about that dog. I think we don't know if he was pissed on. He would, like, get really bad, and then he'd be like, it's beautiful. <laughs> this thing that I'm taking care of is pissing on me. What a what a beautiful life experience. Like, uh, I'm sure that if he got pissed on, if and when, we're going to hear about it. <laughs> Coming to you live on the next Monday morning, Marth. Just... So, I, I we talked about it before the show. It feels like I'm kind of getting pressured to, to join the pet hood. Pet hood? The join pet the pet hood. ownership. You you a dog person or a cat person? What's what's the meta for? Dude, I feel like I'm allergic to both. (laughs) You know that that might be true. Like I've definitely been when I was a kid. I felt like I was more allergic. I don't know if science backs that up, but uh, (laughs) I definitely think that was a thing. I mean, I've been in places that have dogs and I've been fine. And then I've also like been in places that have dogs and have to take like do Benadryl. yeah, I, I got a new cat and I haven't been allergic to cat like like my whole life, right? Like it hasn't it hasn't been a big problem. And I get this cat and we take him home, we adopt him formally, and then like my throat starts feeling kind of scratchy like the first couple of days after we get this cat. And I realized that like our cat is like like a super cat or whatever, like the ones that like make make the people with allergies get really fucked up or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like a little like... tiny bit allergic to cats, so I was like, "Oh, this is kind of uncomfortable." And I, I ended up getting used to it, like over the course of like two weeks or whatever. But I was just like, "Man, I can't believe I adopted a cat, and I'm a little bit allergic to it." That's kind of messed up, dude. It feels like super for as as like cool of a word as it is, you know, associated with Superman and everything. It feels like everything super is actually used for is like, you know, not great. Yeah, super spreader. Super, super spreader. Super cat, dude. Super taster. What's your what's your ability there? You, you can't enjoy cilantro. That's uh. I think it's just like we just take these bad things and we're like, well, if we call them a super taster, they <laughs> that's like some upside. What do you think the distinction is between super and turbo? What about a turbo taster? Do you think that's better <laughs> or worse? I've been on the turbo wave recently. I've been using that as a superlative to describe everything. I guess I'll hop on that with you. I've got nothing against Turbo, so I can join that. Just um, Greg Turbo. Just to that movie with the snail. Turbo. <laughs> I haven't watched that. That would, that would probably make me want to stop saying Turbo if I watched that. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, maybe maybe I get that. Maybe I get a snail. That Maybe that'll be my pet. I'll be a snail guy. <laughs> that would. That, I feel like you're kind of a lizard guy. You know what I mean? You know, I, I've got... Uh, my, my sister lives in the city and, and her kids, she's got uh, two twins because that's how twins come, the twos. Um, right. You know, it's uh, it's not a huge space, so they have two lizards. That's like very, very funny to me. It's like two cute little girls and then they're just like, here's my lizards. This is all we can have. Um, I could be a... a dude, I don't know. That would freak me out. I, I want one of those things where they just do their own thing. Hey, if they could buy their own food, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> I think I just want a roommate. <laughs> I want like a, I want a roommate who like a child. Is... <laughs> you just be like a single dad. You just adopt a Maybe, child. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode of waiting for game. When we talk about the stuff that we've been doing outside of real life, it's like, yeah, I adopted a kid. <laughs> That's just a spontaneous life decision. I mean, I think, uh, 
okay with children, but I definitely think I'm better with like a kid who's already kind of got their life figured out. I think I could adopt, <laughs> adopt a kid like who's a fifteen-year-old. Like, I'll just adopt like a kid genius. Like and I'll like tell them about uh, cool. Man. I'll be like, yeah, if you want to get into Sonic Youth, like uh, I can show you the real stuff. <laughs> I think that'd be fun if that were my responsibility, not like you know teaching them morals or something. Sounds hard, dude. What do you think Edward's doing right now? Probably trying to determine if his dog ate rocks or something. <laughs> I think that, that he mentioned that briefly in one of our conversations about how he was afraid of his dog eating rocks, and he never elaborated on that. And like, like I, I grew, thing. I grew up with dogs, and I've never had a dog eat a rock before. <laughs> yeah. So. I was just like picturing Anouk's dog as like like a Goron from the Legend of Zelda series, where he's just he's just eating rocks. Like a you you played Breath of the Wild, you know, like the the rock that's shaped like a like a big hunk of meat. Yeah, that's like what I'm imagining is like all of the rocks outside of Anouk's house are shaped like that, <laughs> and the dog is like, wow, look at all this great food, just delicious rocks. Dude, yeah. talk about something delicious. A cartoon hunk of meat. That when I was a kid, I sound like I'm going to like I'm going to sound like I'm 80 years old. When I was a kid, I would watch Tom and Jerry when they would like pull out like the T-bone steak or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. looked so good to me. Uh, I remember I went to a state fair and there was a they sold like like food that was modeled after cartoon meat. It was just like super roasted turkey. It was it was dope. I am... Yeah, like the turkey leg. That's like a, like a Ren Fair classic, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> what conversation you guys got on. I'm back. We're talking about Sorry eating about rocks, and eating uh, foods shaped like other things. I am so glad I didn't risk that. <laughs> he went the instant his boss touched grass. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's amazing. I I'm yeah. glad that we uh, we weren't the cause of uh, a piss accident. Right. I guess I could have just said accident. <laughs> I um, really don't remember where we were. We were but, talking uh, about PM. We're yeah. talking about well. Okay, uh, speaking of P, we were we were talking about like what Riptide meant, let alone like <laughs> why it hit so hard that this was the event that was canceled too. Um, and, and yeah. like I was saying, like like I was saying before about we have our own majors. Like PM doesn't. It's in a weird spot of we're definitely part of the Smash scene, but out of necessity, we kind of have, in a similar way as like 64 or Rivals, we have some of our own big events in addition to ones where we team up with everybody else. But this was like one of two of those events where we teamed up with everybody else. And we knew every year, every year it would be ripped or SNS and now Riptide. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Smash and Splash and uh, Riptide, these are events that, like, whatever, you know, Melee views them as Melee events and Ultimate, I think that, you know, it's not, like, one of their huge majors, but definitely has a great Ultimate presence. Mm -hmm. um, there's Frostbite, like, there's, yep. Oh, you're, saying, you're saying at at SNS, yes. At yes, S yes. yes, yes. SNS, Rip, Riptide, it's like those things, they, they have the presence of those games and their majors in the scene, but it's mm -hmm. one of those things where as much as they are a Melee tournament, as much as they are an Ultimate tournament, you know the, the third little portion of that they're, they're a 
it's uh, it goes hand in hand. It's a it's a PM mm-hmm. term. It's a P plus term. But when you talk about you have majors and, and it's a uh, melee ultimate major, and then there's secretly PM in the back. Uh, yeah, but this, this was this wasn't this wasn't yeah. one of the ones that's like uh, Genesis always has a PM tournament that's like. 40 people but 40 very good people because they were there for genesis already but it's like 40 people at a video game shop five miles away or there's always a pretty big tournament at big house that's just like either in hotel rooms or a close venue that's down four flights of stairs and has a hundred people entered this was the one that's like no pm is here and we're celebrating it and yes. with this and main stage announcing PM and uh, several other TOs that haven't announced events but have said that they will be... Like, I, I know Blur has said that he would include PM in any upcoming majors. Like, the scene was so hopeful that after... The, the, PMD t- shut, the PMDT shutdown was in 2015. It is six years later, and we were so hopeful that this was finally like, oh, we're not back into the fold, but a like, the tournaments that can will start to support us again. And then this was the first tournament that never had a Nintendo sponsorship that got shut down for it. Yeah. We at least were like, well, we can't get Genesis or Big House or like any of the ones that partnered with Nintendo before, but like the other ones hopefully are safe. It's like, nope, (laughs) nope. Turns out that was wrong. Whoops. Yeah, I, I just think it's so wild, right? Because it's like, I'm not really a PM player. Um, you know, I played a little bit of P plus when it was released. Sure. Like, I got a nasty Lucas. Nice. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, but in my head, like, uh, the, the really crazy part of PM was like around 2014. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, That's like, what a lot of people remember. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just think it, it, it was like, uh it really was like almost the most popular smash game in a weird way mm-hmm. um that was because, when i got into smash that's why yeah, I still... no I, I remember because uh like i was in college right mm-hmm. and like random people that i would just go into, into their dorm rooms and hang out would have pm like it was just like a thing that like normal people did it was like a very very popular just video game it was yeah it not even know, competitive for, video game just yeah like a the first yeah, time yeah, i heard of that's PM like a mod casual of friends game. of mine who never played competitively yeah yeah so i think the the crazy thing for me is that like that to me represented like the ultimate height of pm right in, in terms of popularity where it was like super popular uh it was everywhere mm-hmm. like like armada was entering things for it you know like it was like this crazy thing it had uh, the most outside viewership on it where yeah. even even if the largest pm events of all time were after that like if you pull up a list of the top 10 events of all time i think almost all of them were after that era but those if you look at like the winners in the top 32 brackets it's almost all just like pm specific people it's not getting that overlap and that crossover right but i think that that's like kind of nuts right like i think yeah. that's really really amazing is uh the fact that you know like to the lay person you might even like be led to believe that like pm is dead because of the I fact mean, that's that the, the meme PM... yeah yeah that's the um, meme that uh, several of us in the community very much hate it's yeah the, no the and PM's it, a it dead really game, is a like, meme it's, right it's not, like it's, but i get why you think it is it's crazy that like you guys are holding tournaments that are like among the highest like ever held for your scene mm-hmm. um and you know 
Riptide not being a, an event that was sponsored by Nintendo, like this super blindsided me. Just even as just like an outside observer, this was just it felt like completely out of nowhere. Uh, it, it shocked us as well. I, I, there was many people that I talked to because you know that happens, and you immediately get in those Discord voice chats. You don't bark at it. It still has food. No. All right. If he does that again, he, he's mad that his toy that dispenses food isn't dispensing it fast enough. Um, that very much distracted me. What was I saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> actually, dude, I was distracted too. <laughs> I was trying to set you straight. All right, Eric. Oh. Um, oh my gosh! It, it was the largest defense of all time. Um, oh my gosh, why Why did that blindside me? I just, he doesn't, he almost never barks. And that's why I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, yeah, we were talking about, uh, you know, it, it blindsided everyone. You get into Discord calls. Oh yeah. So like there was people who were like, this, this feels, this felt like the day that we found out that the PMDT was getting shut down. Like that's how Ooh. heavy it hit people was like i talked to people that cried that day because we were like oh this is the sign that any tournament could get shut down now any tournament that has enough notoriety one second i'm gonna take that away from him or is he will start barking again because it is now out of food so let's get back to what we were talking about before um cartoon food i what's the most delicious i think it's gotta be krabby patty right Krabby Patty certainly up there. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of a weave pick. Miyazaki. Think, uh, All right. We're yeah, back. Miyazaki food. What? All right. Back to. Uh, <laughs> we have our own side podcast. Whenever you go off mic. I like that. Sorry, I. I don't usually join podcasts with a, a puppy I've only had for a month. No, it's all good. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, like, for for so many of us, this genuinely felt the same as. Maybe not quite as hard because it was not the the entire game is getting shut down, but the like, does this mean we can never be at a any multi game event now? Yeah. And that's not true. But I saw people that were claiming that. Um, don't be afraid to host PM at your regional. Don't be like that's what happened in 2015, 2016, when the initial shutdown happened was we saw like regionals start to drop us because they thought they'd get sponsored by Nintendo stuff. I don't I don't know why they did, but it yeah. happened a lot. And it was like yeah. your 300 person regional is not going to get shut down because PM is there. If it is, there's a huge different problem, but like that's, we, that's one we well marketed to... regional. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a very well notable, marketed. very highly viewed regional, I guess. My um, 20-person local ah, might get sponsored by Nintendo one day. I don't want to well, take on yet. But we saw that. We saw places yeah. stop hosting locals because they were afraid that they, it was illegal now. I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't Nintendo side completely. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I remember being around that. You know, I, I've never considered myself big into the, the PM scene. Um, mm -hmm. But definitely something I played, definitely something I like really liked. And whenever there was something, I would, I would be down to watch it. But... Uh, if you talk about watching it, that's the other segment of it, right? It, I mean, at the time, it was people were scared to do, to put it on Twitch. People were scared to do it in the venue, even without streaming. Like there was so mm -hmm. much going around 
Uh, and it's impossible for us to say, right? With what we know, it's possible to say that this was all just Nintendo being like a boogeyman, or it's possible to say that these were actually real concerns. And, and you know, six years removed, I don't know what's true, what's not. So I'm not gonna gonna say, but. <laughs> Shoutouts to rewrite. We're going to learn. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. Rewrite is the, the PM documentary that's being worked on. Um, huge shoutouts to them. I'm, I'm a backer of that project as well. Um, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, at, at the time, it, I understand because we were we didn't know it was the first time Nintendo had even like was starting to maybe even care about esports or the Smash community. And it turns out that was not true. <laughs> but like, I get it. And I, I get when, when certain streamers couldn't. I'm not. I'm not mad at, you know, any streamer who suddenly couldn't play the game because their livelihood was going to go down the, down the drain. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad at any TO who ran a giant. Like, there's people who got so mad at like Big House when they dropped PM, and I probably was one of them. Let's be real. I don't remember. Um, but like, looking back in hindsight, I don't blame any of them. I don't blame. I saw like when Genesis announced this year, there was people who were like, oh, after the, the save smash five days of melee thing, you should have had PM. It's like, they probably can't. They were, they were sponsored by Nintendo in the past. And now we for sure know that they couldn't have, but yeah. that doesn't mean that the game is dead. Like people are still playing it. They're still the locals. They're still net play tournaments. Um, in fact, most scenes it, it feels like this is all anecdotal because of quarantine. It feels like most scenes have actually grown. There's we see, we're seeing more new players that got interested during things like the five days of melee showcase and things like that. Um, host PM at your regionals. It's totally fine to have PM at things like that. Um, and in fact, you can get into a weird spot. This happened with uh, so I'm Minnesota. We had a, a tournament series called Push More Buttons that happened twice. It was a big our largest event that we ran um, that had like, I think 350 people. And it was a big regional for Melee and for Smash 4 and then Ultimate for the two iterations it had. But it was a national for PM because, you know, it had like 150 people. It had like, you know, over 100 entrants for PM and the top eight were all top 50 players. And it's like, oh, this is now on the like PM rank list of tournaments to value. Like, it's very funny to me that when you host a PM or just any regional and you're like, yeah, we're going to host PM. It's going to be a full thing. It's going to have its own stream. Like we support you that PM players will drive like 15 hours to come to that. Like we yeah, know 64 is the same way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's there. People are like, Oh, Oh damn. You're hosting an event for my game. Yeah. And like, we're not shoved into a closet somewhere. Cool. We'll support you fully. Like, <laughs> you're actually hosting doubles for it let's go like it's that kind of thing we're not we're not a weird side event i i think that so you know you bring up 64 um mm -hmm. and I, it, why so you already made the analog to to kind of the pm community the p plus community uh kind of being analogous to 64 and i think that's really true with how they've obviously both been treated throughout uh the past few years but I, I kind of want to bring up something. So, Amby, you said this before, and I think this is, like, really important, is that the PM scene for most of the lifespan, as we know it, you know, recently at least, has kind of been living the the legend, I'll say. Not the legend that the Melee community has, right? 
Melee is kind of built upon this idea that oh, once, sure. way back when, it was this this dead game that only survived because of the passion of the few players who didn't move on. And obviously, we've seen that, like, hey, the, the large majority of people who are playing and watching got into it when it was very big. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm a doctor. We, we still yeah. <laughs> hold really close to this idea. Um, and, and I think that any game that is by Nintendo... You know, it has to have some sort of underdog mentality because uh, at any moment it could be kind of scary. But but like I definitely think that the Melee community is in a really great place and yet still holds tight to this idea that they are a community that really built themselves up over, over years and years. Um, and like I'm not saying that any of that's false. Like, I'm not it, saying that's a myth. Yeah. But, but like what we talk about in terms of the past, we talk about as something that was like we're way past – is something that the PM community, I feel like, is still going through. And I think that yeah, a lot of right Melee now. fans like, don't get that. Like, yeah. It's very weird. They watch hearing... the doc, they're built on all this, but it's it happening. very, very strange hearing from, like, we hear it from, like, alt people, and sure, like, that's that's going to happen. But I've heard from so many Melee players, like, why, that, that have straight up been like, I really like PM, or P+, depending on the era. But why would I play it when Melee is so much bigger? It's because like, it's a different video game. Like, it's yeah. not the same thing. <laughs> and, like, I think that this is so bizarre because it's like, I don't think you have to like PM, right? Like, you don't have to like PM to support it. No. Yeah, no, I just think that that's so ridiculous, right? Like, I, I understand, like, there's all sorts of people that have, like, very strong opinions about the game design decisions that uh, sure. are, are made for PM, right? Like, maybe you don't like the way that, like, combos work or whatever. Like, it, you don't have to love the game but like mm -hmm. you don't you don't get the circle jerk about how nintendo how how melee was this beautiful grassroots effort from people that like clung to something that they loved and then like when you see another community do it you're like your game sucks like, <laughs> that's not how allowed. dare you love your grassroots game that is now over 10 years old and that has had a huge community despite all efforts yeah. against it because no, i just, think that game and watch shouldn't be able to jump out of his upbeat or like yeah. whatever <laughs> like i think that the scenes are they're definitely more kindred spirits than they they like to pretend a lot of the time sure. and i think that that definitely feels a lot more true now in hindsight now that nintendo is shutting down events for illegal mod slippy and yeah. illegal mod p plus mm -hmm. um you know i i, I think that uh you know in in terms of like the whole illegal mod thing, I think that the melee community is definitely shifting more in that direction recently with stuff yeah. like Slippy, UCF, you know, like all. Hey, this we other just stuff. we just need an Arduino that we plug into the front of a Wii that changes all of your inputs from Brawl to P plus, <laughs> and that it's technically the same. Yeah, no. <laughs> running on original God, it hardware was so funny that like year and a half maybe it was probably longer than that that like two to three year period where we used arduinos instead of ucf at the largest tournaments <laughs> the 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 way dude that is that is rife for a deep dive right there the way that we have uh we had a hardware mod in front of it so that the game itself wasn't changed so that it was legally okay we we to had so emulate much a software mod that we had, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, tangent, this is a tangent, maybe something that someone will get into at some point in the future. Uh, but, like, the, it is so funny how there's so much minutia that Melee has gone through in the past five years, five mm -hmm. plus years. Uh, and it's, like, 
it's the base game is almost the same. It's like almost vanilla. But the ways where the ways and how we make it not vanilla is like so funny to me because it's so labor inducive. Uh, <laughs> and like I mean, dude, we're probably gonna switch to frozen stadium at some point in the in the next couple of years. So that's just another chapter out of that. But, but yeah, I, I think that this there. is funny because we, we talked about this in, in uh, one of the questions for for Melee Jeopardy. Uh, Frozen Stadium's in vanilla. Like, it's in vanilla. If you go to training mode and you go to stadium, it'll never transform. It's still in the oh game. Oh my god, I never knew that. That's great. Yeah, you, you're just playing it in training mode whenever you play stadium. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's all of this effort just to make the game a little bit different. Mm-hmm. To make it more similar but, to but ways I it's also, not actually. We, yeah. we also get that side from people. The the PM and PPOS scene will hear all the time, like, and again, not from like big melee figureheads, but we'll hear the the arguments of like, I play my game because this is the way the game was like it's pure and you can just play it. It's like at this point you can't argue that for melee. You really yeah. can't. Like the fact that someone could learn the game on a base gamecube with a base gamecube controller and like everything normal i love that i am very much a purist in that sense but i also get like yeah we have good quality of life changes that i'm very happy we have um but it's like i we hear that all the time though like i saw people arguing that like well you knew that you changed the game therefore it's like yeah but we didn't no one has to ask other game companies to see if it's okay to like change little things that we are never distributing. People are not taking in money on like the sales of P plus. Like it is, it is so silly to me reading arguments that are against modding culture or against whatever, as if like all of the greatest esports of all time weren't all from mods. Like, I think true. like literally all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I Lee, and if there, go, if there aren't like, ones that directly came from mods, it was ones that were directly inspired from the ones that were directly made. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, it is. It is such a weird thing. How I, I mean, I, I do think that PM and P plus it's like a weird catch twenty two because whenever it does get big enough, whenever they do have events like Smash and Splash or you know Blacklist or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know even bigger even bigger bulk, uh, I do think that the Smash community in general does love it. Yeah, like the... when it gets that big, everyone loves it. But they don't support it when it's not big to get that big. And yeah. then it's just like, I and they remember, forget that it exists and then they like blame it. <laughs> I remember even bigger Balk. And again, this was a long time ago. Even bigger Balk is like, it feels weird to say because it was such a big milestone. It is basically ancient history for PM at this point. Um, but even bigger Balk was so big that like large smashers were co-streaming it just to like, pop off about cool things they didn't know were in the game or to get excited about it. And I have heard from so many people that are like, oh, I love PM. I used to play it two years ago. And I'll be like, why don't you play anymore? Because other people stopped playing. And it's like, I don't get, but we still have people that are dedicated to it. And I, I don't get what we need to do to hit that critical mass of getting the common smasher to think of it as a viable game for them to enjoy because let's be real unless you're one of like the top 30 players in the world it's not like you're gonna say like ah but i make money in my melee locals like (laughs) if only that were true yeah like (laughs) 
fine. Even then, I feel like I feel like all the people that I talk to that actually mm-hmm. place the money at tournaments, they're like, "Yeah, I can go to a tournament and work really hard for like seven extreme. hours, and then they'll <laughs> give me twenty five dollars." Yep. Or I could work an additional day at my job, especially and if make you're more than twenty five dollars. If you're like SoCal or something, and you're literally like, you know, borderline top one hundred and not placing the money, whatever local you go to. <laughs> yeah. You you yeah. are already playing if you play. I'm I'm just gonna say melee specifically because this is the melee stats podcast. No, if you play okay. melee, you are already in it for the fashion. And yes, I am the, I am someone who wholeheartedly believes like there should be a path to like full time success as a pro and as a commentator and as a TO. And Nintendo is capped to set the muse for it, and so it is very rare. But. Because we don't have that path, why not also do PM? Why not also do some of these other things? Um, The one that really gets me is because I'll hear that I do stuff with rivals as well. Uh, And every time I tell a smasher that, like, the person who won Genesis for rivals made, like, only $200 less than the person who won it for Melee, they're just like, what what do you mean? (laughs) Like, So, yeah, they have dev support. It's an indie game, but, like, that's they, nothing. You hear Brawlhalla? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 I talk with some of the Brawlhalla people, too. That That is a game I put, like, maybe an hour into, and I do not understand. Um, I, I like, but, like, truly don't get any of Brawlhalla. I don't get how it's played. I don't get how it's developed. And I don't get how, like, you know, if some you put John Cena in your game, the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. I feel like I never hear about it. And then it's like, yeah, we added like Lara Croft. We got the IP rights for Lara Croft. It's so funny when Smashers will tell me that, like, well, I can make money if I play Melee or Alt. I'm like, then why aren't you playing Brawlhalla if that's the, or why aren't you playing Rivals or weren't, not to say that those games are bad because there's people who are incredibly passionate about all of those. But like, if money's your goal, don't do Smash. Do literally anything else, dude. Yeah, <laughs> literally anything else with your time. Just play the play the new Joe Biden skin in Brawlhalla, and like they will, uh, uh, dude. I, I swear, I will be watching up, a large tournament. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably in there. I will be watching like a large melee tournament, and I'll be like, "Let me go on Twitch to find this." And like before I get there, like you know, if you have all the the games, it'll just be like Brawlhalla, like 120k, and I'll click on it, and it'll be like. Yeah, this is pools of the uh, South American qualifier. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. What's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's... Wild, wild stuff. Because um, I've yeah, also I'll... seen that from people. They like, well, Nintendo wouldn't make money if they tried to go the esports route, which is like, yeah, maybe. But the fact that like Rivals is able to put so much money into, and it's a small indie game, like, I just dream of what we could have had in the world that Nintendo was like, oh, okay, like yeah. let's let's give no, this a shot. No, I've I'm very much the opposite. No, get the I get mean, that stuff oh, out no, of Oh no, now dude. if they were anything like no, reality, I feel like if we had dev support, we would be playing Brawl and stuff. Right. Well that's that's like, what I'm saying. I'm saying in the weird alternate reality where like <laughs> Nintendo had none of their same characteristics, not just that one. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> It has to be the weird world where, like, Nintendo operated, like, like I don't know, Capcom or Riot or something. Yeah. Even then. But, like, you bring up, you know, you bring up this fantasy idea. But, like, I definitely think that, that, I mean, still now, of course, you're always going to get Nintendo chuds out there. But, um, 
like the community at large held this belief that like one day Nintendo will pick us up from this. It'll be like, uh, you know, we we'll get rescued from this. We'll get a glass slipper, and then suddenly Mango will will you know he'll be on uh, cover of Sports Illustrated or something. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a big part of it. We we kind of did mention that there was a, a rise in thinking that Nintendo would would sponsor events, would would like really take melee take smash uh and, and because of that mm-hmm. you know they they saw a lot of people saw pm as the the baggage that that needed to yeah. be thrown off um and it, it i mean makes... there, was, there was an esports bubble there was there was a lot going on street fighter got five thousand attendants at, well who didn't show up at uh at evo like there was a lot going on and it just like happened to be time and place for people to decide that that pm was the sole reason why melee and, and smash mm-hmm. 4 at the time uh we're not finding wait brawl at the time the fuck? Yeah. uh but yeah like the the main reason why smash itself was was not finding success a lot of people pegged pm for that mm-hmm. and yeah. i i don't blame people who like we're staking their livelihood on this kind of thing, and I don't blame people who, because like I got caught up in the the esports and not Nintendo, but like the esports melee I too. Uh, like I when, we had, when we had the critical mass of like oh, so many players were sponsored and everything else, but then the wave died, and no one was like, oh, like we still the wave died on that, and we still had we still have this weird world where like PM is in the spot like once or twice a year yeah. outside of our own community. And I definitely think if you want to talk about other games, um, I think the FGC has a lot of things that are similar to this. The FGC, because yeah. they're, because they're huge uh, in terms of just, you know, all encompassing and, and the number of games, they have a lot of games that don't get the spotlight and they'll have events where they do, right? You know, mm-hmm. you have, uh, like you have, Events like CEO Taku or what did you say? Co-op cup. Yeah, co-op, co-op cup. cup. Yeah, yeah. I was just really about to one. mention that mm-hmm. you'll have like these events that well, they combo will breaker play. often has a bunch of old retro combo games there. A ton. Yeah, Frosty Faustine's another Midwest one that always will like have a vampire savior bracket or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like whenever they do, whenever these these games do get the spotlight, the community goes like, "This is so cool." But they also just say, like, well, time for next co-op cup. <laughs> I, I <laughs> this was cool. Like, See you guys in a year. There's something, there's more to that, right? Like, if, if I'm, like, and I think it's harder. Off, I think it's harder in the FGC where there's yeah. hundreds of possible games. For sure. But, like, for Smash, like... It doesn't does it hurt to throw one more game into your <laughs> Like, if I'm popping off at, at the 1P plus top 8, you know, and I'm like, this is so great. And I'm like, time to wait 365 more days. It's like, no, there, there, there must be a, a middle ground here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess, like, the question I have for you is, like, we, we know the past of, of PM and, and P+. And unfortunately, we know the the present uh, mm-hmm. with it being, unfortunately, taken away from Riptide. But uh, you mentioned kind of the idea of not stopping these events. You know, regional should to have it. What What's the future of P+. I, I think there's a few possible futures here, uh, and it really depends on the way both the community and, unfortunately, Nintendo goes. And that's something like, does does P Plus get taken out of Low Tide City? Again, an event that's not sponsored by Nintendo, 
it is part of Riptide, but also part of the low tier city history that is always hosted P plus or PM. Um, it's always one of our biggest tournaments of the year. There's also like, like I mentioned, I mentioned that I mentioned main stage. It's the where it, it, if those go off without a hitch, which I'm again, really crossing my fingers, but I'm not hopeful. Um, I'm very scared. <laughs> uh, if those go off without a hitch, I hope that other tournaments at least give us a shot. And if Nintendo says no, then, well, we tried. Um, if Nintendo says no, we're still going to see the the hotel brackets. You're still going to have the, the SmashCon P-plus tournament that's taking place at the Brawl setups. You're still going to have, like, the Shine side bracket that's, like, two buildings away. Like, you're still... We're going to be there, especially for the people like me that already are going to be traveling to these big events because we're in the other games. Um, we're still going to have locals. We're still going to have regionals. Um, PM has a very cool culture in that uh, regionals really gain momentum very fast. And so a regional that has PM at it uh, quickly becomes like, I don't want to say a major, but it can become like a mega regional of everyone from the Midwest is here now or everyone from the east coast is here now and when those get big enough you'll get that and then you'll get the handful of people that are flying in just for it um we're still gonna have those we're still gonna have our own majors um i just i just really really hope because we were all so so thankful for what did you just do all right uh we were so hopeful for these tournaments that are that were like hey we're gonna give pm a chance again and if that is now taken from us again, that's going to be so rough. Um, I also see there's like a potential future where tournaments don't give us a shot, even the regionals. And that's going to be the, that's like the darkest one of, it's going to be our locals, it's going to be our own majors, and there's going to be like, I was going to say like one tournament a year where it overlaps, but like that was SNS. That was your low tier city. Like, I don't want to see PM become its own entirely individual thing. I'm I'm glad that it is in that it has its own culture and that it has its own like vibe and flair and 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 history because we have our own top players, we have our own commentators, we have our own all of that. But to never see it cross over and for it to be an entirely different dark sheep thing is that is the like the one that I'm scared of is like that could happen. That could totally happen. Um, and it is up to different TOs to say, like, hey, we're still going to host this. Like, it is worth supporting the community that we know will show up. Um, if you're a Melee player who is interested in PM um, or who genuinely likes the game, but is just like, oh, like, I don't enter it because it's either not at my local or, like, I don't practice it or whatever. If, you, if you're at a tournament that's running it, whether it's a local or regional, just enter like if you like the game, even if you go O2, it's not gonna that doesn't hurt your melee ego. Like it's fine. We've all every PM player knows how to destroy Fox now. It's okay. Like <laughs> But I mean like no, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I mean, you you had exactly what I was about to ask. I, I was about to say, um what so so this is melee stats, of course. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think I'm I'm not sure if anyone would kind of question why we would we would talk too much about p plus because i think at this point it's kind of obvious why yeah. like 
the connections between melee and, and p plus are there but uh, i mean i definitely think that there's a there's a connection and, and i hope that people understand that uh the mm-hmm. scenes aren't as segmented as maybe we make them out to be and, and, and there is stuff that we could do so so you kind of answered my question i was gonna say what as a melee fan sure. or what as a melee player um, could people do because a lot of what we you know a lot of what you're saying is is you know um based upon something that maybe only a to could do maybe something only tos of majors could do uh which a lot of the people might not be in those shoes but mm-hmm. i think like i don't want anyone to come away with this saying that oh if you don't to genesis that you means can't you can't do, do anything. anything yeah because i think that there's a lot to be done uh well, like what do you think of the average melee fan or the average melee player you know you said just enter is there anything else sure i mean yeah i i think realistically just entering is actually huge because with the nature of pm the difference between a 24 person bracket and a 36 person bracket is still significant and so if you're a melee player who's like yeah i enjoy this game i might not know every matchup like enter have fun if you get wrecked by an ivy and you don't know what happened or a charizard or a lucario or whatever don't know why i named all pokemon um (laughs) ddd like pokemon don't don't write it off uh, a lot of things that we see is like a melee player who they like the game, but they like the game with the characters that they have practiced against. And it's like, all right, if you lost to a DDD, go ask that DDD what happened. Like, what what were they thinking about in the matchup? Give give a solid chance to learn some of those and just see if you enjoy it. If you are a, a fan and you don't get to enter tournaments, or if you're a player who does still like do this uh share pm stuff share pm content like uh we have people we have content creators who make stuff for pm or that make stuff for multiple games whether you know saber or junebug or different people um share those because like you said people get really excited when they see pm stuff and it's very weird when like the tournaments might have those those one or two times a year where people are like oh yeah pm exists and it's really dope we get that on some of our videos sometimes someone will like watch a video and be like i totally forgot about this game awesome like watch some share it like r- literally retweeting a, a content piece is actually huge especially if your average person in your twitter or facebook or whatever circle doesn't all do pm stuff like that kind of thing is big or or sharing our streams like literally just the visibility of like i think this thing is cool i'm gonna share it quick because that's how more people see it and go, oh yeah, this game exists and it's really dope. I um, I think that's such a great message, and I think that you know we've been, we've been hammering home the idea that P plus is not the black sheep of the of the Smash mm-hmm. community as much as people might think. Um, I think that there's like a huge connective tissue between the obviously the the overlap from the scenes, but just what they go through. Uh, and it's just been so amazing to hear you talk about it. Uh, and I, I think like everything you said, if you are a melee fan, it's relatable in some way. And if it's not relatable, the, the history is there. You know, uh, mm-hmm. someone who might not have to worry about the idea of of like playing a like a, a you know major that might not exist or something like that. Uh, we might be in a state where that might be the case. We might be in a state where that's not. Um, I, I do think that people, regardless, will be able to see the connections and hopefully feel some sort of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really amazing to have you talk about that. We have some 
so usually we do some questions uh, each week for the uh, for the guests, some Q&As. So if anyone okay. wants to put any questions in the Twitch chat, we can do that. Usually we have stuff for the Patreon. Um, I don't know if this is my fault or the Patreon's fault, but uh, <laughs> someone posted dog pictures and then everyone just started talking about dogs. This is very dog-centric. No, That's fair. No, in I fact, I wanted to fault. check on What, what happened is uh, right after we, right after we um, asked the Patreon for for questions uh my cat sat on my keyboard <laughs> and there was like this whole discussion about we're very pet i was trying to say in fact speaking of pets give me one sec yeah yeah it's time for guests or time for uh for twitch shatters to potentially questions oh animals it's called pet sounds yeah 1966 a classic I've never Truly one of the best albums of all time, Amy Sinister. Brian Wilson's uh, genius remains unmatched to this day. I've all right, I heard a lot of noise behind me, and I was afraid he was like digging into something, but uh, just all the pillows are knocked off of my couch now. <laughs> Classic dog owner stuff. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I think everyone's to blame for cats, dogs, every every. <laughs> Uh, every one of God's creatures are to blame for not having Patreon questions, but if you have any questions, uh, you can throw them in the Twitch chat. Until then, you know, I, I've got one for you wisely. So you mentioned sharing content. You mentioned sharing stuff like that. That's a huge thing. And, and I think that's true because there's a lot of stuff that people have kind of in the back of their mind. Um, as we grow older, you know, like we're less defined by certain things and it just becomes this pool of like interest. And I think that a lot of stuff kind mm -hmm. of falls down. Uh, and I do think like there's a lot of stuff that being reminded of is really helpful. So I guess my question for you is a two part one. Uh, okay. What would be a set that you would recommend someone to watch? Uh, and then what would be a content piece that you would recommend someone to watch? Oh man, these are big questions. I understand, <laughs> but uh, try to try to do as best as you can to, to answer. A set that I think someone should watch. I mean, how how recent ones. are we talking? Are we going through like I, the, the full history of PM? Or are we saying like tell, you recent? can say PM 1.0 or whatever when they had like two characters? You can say that. I, <laughs> I don't I don't care. I I want to give people a taste of current as current as we are because this. I think that's what people the, probably are yeah. least uh you know least uh. I I think that uh, the last SNS Grand Finals, or no two ago, um, not the last one. Uh, which was Switch versus Launchables, is was an instant classic. Um, melee players will be able to appreciate because there was a lot of Marth, um, but it was Wolf and there was I believe there was Roy and like a cool show and they were that was one of our highest levels of like very much putting on display like what makes this game unique, as well as just being like high octane, high velocity. Um, it's like melee, where you know, I mean, you can get grand finals that are the equivalent of your like puff ditto. Um, I think those are fun, but I don't expect everyone to be able to watch that and immediately understand why it's fun. So, <laughs> um, I think that one's big. Let me think about the best sets, just because that's not a lot of the ones I'm thinking of are a little bit older. Um, any set that's hyper flame versus thunders, uh, they played a couple times. That. Uh, their Evo 16 set, I think. That one was my favorite. There's that That's... one, but there's also like several other times that they've played um, throughout different patches. And it's always just like 
back-to-back zero to death the entire time um very fun uh and both of them are still very very good players um yeah i i don't know uh, as far as content creators um there's a lot of actually this goes along with it uh saber who's a good friend of mine um but he also makes a lot of pm content um actually has a series that is just the history of 3.6 um and it is important moments whether at the, the biggest tournament of all time or this random thing that if you look at this this was the first time a person did like a character counter pick in a specific way some of the videos are like four minutes long some are like the full 20 minute videos i think they're very interesting um those are more for the people who are like more history and analytical focus but i feel like that fits the melee stats audience yeah we love that yeah i think so <laughs> um as far as other stuff uh junebug makes really good stuff um it's not quite as often but it's usually something that focuses on like a lot of different smash things which i find yeah. very interesting so he'll have a like what is projectiles and how do they differ between melee to pm to alts to this and i think that kind of thing is very interesting um angel he's platform been... video as well what was that the angel platform video that yeah. he made recently the, the was also, you know, showing one. the differences between angel platforms and smash yeah yep um there's also he has a couple that and i know he's planning on continuing this that are uh taking a low tier in melee like roy or ganon um and saying like here is how pm fixed them and i think that's really cool for someone who likes both um what's up austin melee raid we were shouting oh. you out earlier as we're uh coming to the end of it <laughs> yep um i make content but I, that feels weird to say um i haven't made anything in a few months because i started a new job but i'm actually until like three podcasts asked me on i was planning on starting <laughs> to stream this week i think it might be next week instead um starting to stream again i used to um but i have some videos that are a lot less like analytics focused but are more just or like history but are just like fun things with top players from different games or like figureheads from different games um oh, so yeah. like i had some top 50 pm players commentate matches of like much worse players and like that kind of thing um I am planning one. Someone built Lethal League. Uh, Eon built Lethal League inside of P+. That's dope. Um, and so, so I'm. that was supposed to be the Saturday, but who knows with Riptide and everything that happens. But I, I'm going to have a bunch of like both top, top players, but also just like commentators and friends um, showcase the Lethal League mod. There's stuff like that. Um, man. Yeah. I don't know there, how many there. more questions we got for you. Uh, oh, so that was a great one. Uh, Seal's question is, uh, question, what are some of your favorite PM sets that you yourself casted? Oh, I think sure. that's a very cool question. Um, oh, man, I've casted some really good sets. I'll be real. Uh, not to flex. I just think it's a cool stat. Um, I, and I Riptide was going to be, was going to hopefully be a continuation um i've casted top 16 at five of the top 10 largest pm events of all time flex um which is just this flex. weird stat for someone who like i started during the melee dock and so for me the first national i commentated was after the pmdt shutdown and so i feel like that is a huge showing of like 
the scene just kept growing just in a different way. Yeah. Um, and so I've been able to commentate a lot of good sets. Um, I, I can be very biased in some of my choices. Uh, I'm, I play ice climbers and so I love tech boy. Uh, nice. so I mean, ice climbers boy, are so sick at PM. Yeah. So tech boy, if you're, if you're unaware is a young, he's just turned 18. He was literally like 14 when he started playing, um, and got top 10 in the world when he was 16. Uh, with ICs in PM. Um, and I've commentated some wild sets of his where genuinely it was like me and three other people who even knew what he was doing. <laughs> and it's very fun to be able to be like, I can kind of explain this to you guys. <laughs> um, I've been able to commentate some really cool sets of, like I mentioned, some of my favorite players like Hyperflame and some and Switch and some different people where I've been able to commentate them just like popping off on someone. Um, Uh, I, I know that I'm ignoring the actual, like, what sets. I'm just trying to think of, like, random moments. Um, even Bigger Belk Top 16 was really cool uh, because that was the, the largest tournament of all time. And so there was players who genuinely had never gotten the chance to play each other. Um, so, like, uh, Envy versus Lot, if I'm remembering right, was really cool, um, especially because that was the, like, PM only versus the melee player who does do PM stuff, like, that's what a lot of our storylines are. Um, not just that, but uh, there's cool storylines in that. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's just so many, so many good sets. Uh, yeah, you have quite the resume, so this is a very difficult <laughs> question. Yeah, no, it's one of those. But the thing is, I don't, I don't know if I've done any of those instantly iconic ones either, which is strange. Like I've none of the ones that were like, oh this changed the history of the game and maybe saber will prove me wrong and put me in one of those videos but because that that series is still ongoing um yeah no there's oh there's so many good sets um i mean yeah uh, I, just I, hearing those like those moments those events I mean, you didn't answer the question, so... I, 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 that's the thing. I think more of, like, specific moments in storylines yeah. or specific, like... Oh, like, no, I remember sick. how I popped off when, uh, for example, um, uh, Tech Boy beat Malachi, which is Ices versus Peach. Peach and yeah. the Peach was the number, I think, number two in the world at the time. And the fact that he beat him was the, just like an enormous deal. And I freaked out. I still remember just like losing my mind over this, just the enormity of the upset. Um, there's stuff like that that has happened or just really cool sets that I, I was able to commentate at uh, like SNS and some different things where, because uh, one of the, one of the things that I, I will mention about PM versus melee is that melee, because it is, I'm not going to say it's a soft game because that's a dumb statement. Um, but it is the, like, focus on these eight matchups and kind of know the other ones. And so those eight matchups get funneled down so deeply that it's people are like, well, if you SDI the third hit of this specific thing, which is really cool that we're at that point. PM is, well, some points get to there. It's also being patched. And often you're just like, oh, we don't have someone who plays this character in my state. And so in PM sets, you will see the macro adaptation happen of someone like gets bodied game one and then game two it's like oh they're starting to figure out what they need to be doing to get around this 
and then game three it's tight and they bring it back and then like by the time game five happens it's just back and forth uh and those are some of my favorite moments is like watching someone like you can see the puzzle pieces going into place in their head as they're playing um, i do think that that melee fans um like you mentioned, it's amazing that we can see these matchups being brought to these new levels, uh, mm. like after 20 years. But I mean, we still do have a lot of matchups that if you see someone versus, you know, if you see SFAT versus Zane or something, if you're if you see a Marth versus Fox uh, or a Peach versus Ices, there are a lot of things that are kind of foregone conclusions. Mm. And in a way, like, you know, what we are seeing is the, the most you know, uh, it's the newest thing. It's it's building upon years of of theory crafting and, and meta evolving, but also sometimes you take a bad matchup and then you theory craft and evolve the meta so much that it kind of seems undoable uh, or impossible. But I think in other games that that don't have that long history or have a history of patches, mm-hmm. you get a little more of that uh, you know uncertainty and everything. I think that's kind of what you're you're mentioning yeah. there. That's something that I think melee fans, you know, for as great as the scene matchups like that have been played forever, you know, as great as that is, there's there's some fun to that. I think that could be uh, that could be fun. I'm gonna cycle in. So let's do one last question, then we'll okay. um, you know, we're winding on the show. So I'm gonna cycle in this question. You know, speaking about characters, this is from Petricide. Um, what character do you think is secretly really good at PM that doesn't get played that much? Okay, well, let me pull up the PM character select screen. It's hard yeah, because no I feel like maybe this answer could be any character in PM, but that's just my knowledge as an outsider. I think there's more. Okay. I'm looking at the character select screen to make sure I don't forget somebody. <laughs> oh my god. Don't say someone who isn't on it. That would be embarrassing. I think there's there's a lot of characters that we know are good, and then there's some that like we're pretty sure we know are bad. Um I'm going to just say Pikachu. Okay. We don't really have any top Pikachus. There's a couple um, who are, like, good in their region, but we don't get to see put in the work out of region. Um, I think Pikachu has some busted tools that if we see put together correctly, could just do so much work. Um, Pikachu has, can, can cancel a quick attack. It's called quick attack cancel quack. Um, and so if you do, I'm not good enough to be able to explain it. I can just tell when it is happening. Um, <laughs> uh, so if Pikachu's really grooving, they can like quick attack into your shield, cancel behind you as like a shield directional mix up, like land grab, like it's, you can do some crazy things. I think it's that like Pikachu a, is really good in PM. A but, cool mix of uh, melee Pikachu and some brawl Pikachu mechanics, right? Yeah. There's that. Yeah, uh, there's 64 Pikachu's back air instead of the Damn. spinning thing. Well, oh so yeah, yeah. The back right. air is just like a good move for edge guarding <laughs> and killing now. Yeah. Just a foot sticks out a foot. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's it. There's definitely other characters. That's the one that came to the top of my head because um, there was a couple that started doing really well in, um, in like net play during quarantine and i'm really excited to see if they do well on land i'm just totally blanking on the name of the player i'm very sorry about that um but it's very it's also one of those that's like we could see this work for a year and then later we're like oh no we turns out you can just do these things against pikachu it's not as good as we thought like 
But yeah, no, I think Pikachu's stupid good right now. And more people. That's I don't cool. I don't think Pikachu's like a top five character, but uh I mean there was a point where we thought that Donkey Kong was like a bottom five character and then Thunders came in and became the best player in the game. So don't let any PM tier list deter you from playing a character. That's sick. Yeah, I, I think that that uh, you know that's something that Melee has seen. We, obviously, Pikachu, uh, you know, Yoshi. We, we've definitely seen some people who kind of defy what we traditionally think of. But uh, yeah, if you want to talk PM, I think PM's constantly going through that. There's mm -hmm. a, if for any Melee fan that feels constricted by the Melee tier list, I think PM kind of for for better or worse kind of does not have that problem at all. So that that is a uh, that's a cool little difference that they have. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, I've been having a, uh, this has been a good conversation. I've been having a really good time because I consider myself, maybe I'm part of the problem. I consider myself someone <laughs> who is, has interest in PM, but uh, don't really do much to, to find it, don't really do much to participate. Uh, just one of those things where, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm uninterested, but, but maybe not something where I'm going to, try very hard and maybe yeah. after this maybe maybe that's something that uh needs to be changed because i i definitely cool. think that the melee scene has a lot to learn from pm um mm -hmm. and i think there's no reason why why melee people should be feeling like uh like we're that different and uh that's why i was really glad to have you on because as much as we talk about melee you know we're, we're melee stats uh, hey, I'm I'm still a melee guy too. Like, yeah, you're still melee. Yeah, <laughs> I just do hey, the you're most. in the, you're in that slime, inter, uh, invitational. The I did. Invitational. I did. Uh, yeah, like as as much as as we talk exclusively about melee, I, I do think it's important to to kind of call out, um, be it how our scenes operate or be it how Nintendo kind of will blanketly, you know. Uh, aim at each of us. Like I, I do think that there's a lot of similarities, and I think that there's a reason why why mm -hmm. you know, we should be a little closer as a community. Um, so I really do appreciate you being on. Before we go, so we have this little segment that we usually do. It's a, uh, you know, it's something that we talk about Smash every week for two hours straight. But mm -hmm. obviously, our lives are not determined exclusively by Smash. Uh, so we, we try to it, like introduce a little bit of our lives outside of smash to some sure. people know that we're not just based upon this uh so i'll go first i'll, I'll talk about something that has interested me in the past few weeks you know, we had a week off because of my uh laptop disaster uh and uh i haven't been able to to talk about what's been you know something that i've been enjoying i could mention hbo's white lotus which is pretty good which i'm halfway through but i will mention instead of that i will mention a youtube video um Pat Finnerty is a guy from Philly, so he's already good in my heart. He's some some you know guitar player from Philly. Uh, he made a Philly. video called "What Makes This Song Suck." I think it's the third iteration of that series. It's about Beverly Hills by Weezer. It is funny. It is just like immaculately structured. Uh, it is heartwarming. It's like. It's a video about why Beverly Hills by Weezer is not a good song, but makes me feel so much emotions. And as someone who I guess we have to consider ourselves content creators, we have to consider ourselves YouTubers, uh, just like sparked some of that joy in my mind. Also, one thing that is really funny about this video, he made a video following it up. 
uh, a fourth in the series of why what makes this song suck. Uh, he talked about how he went from 200 subscribers to 40,000 because of that video. And he talked about how the success of that video was weighing on him and how to follow it up. That video had 250K viewer views. We have, what are you guys doing? We have three videos that are higher than that. And we're not at 40K subs. So this is both a recommendation and a condemnation of the mailing Smash that button, you fool. Smash, <laughs> smash that button. And also watch watch Pat Finnerty's What Makes This Song, What Makes This Song Stink, three Beverly Hills. Um, Ambi, what's going on with you? Uh, yeah, so... I have a fun one. Uh, I've been playing a lot of like DDR slash in the groove. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just show you. Uh, I built <laughs> I built like a mini DDR pad. Uh, I think this is great because on the last last time Ambi got to talk about what's been going on in his life, he talked about playing in the groove. But I think that it. this is the, the the first time that uh, we've seen him since yeah, creating this yeah. little uh, little pad. I, I, I've been playing, like, many hours a week <laughs> on this, like, hacky-ass fucking piece of plywood with wires on it. Um, and, like, they got Those these, relics. like, force-sensitive uh, resistors that mm -hmm. are, like, wired as a breadboard. And you just, like, tap the acrylic panels, and it's just, like, DDR in your house. Um, which is which is great. I've been playing, like, 9- and 10-footers because I'm a noob. Um those numbers don't mean anything to me. Yeah, yeah I don't know <laughs> but, either. But... but it sounds impressive. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of DDR. I hurt my knee because I played like two hours a day for like seven <laughs> days in a row. That'll and do it. I went into like this Discord for people that play DDR, and I'm like, "How often do you guys play?" They're like, "Yeah, don't play every day. That's really bad. You could hurt yourself really bad." <laughs> like, like, oh, okay, well, maybe I won't play that much. But I am having a lot of fun with it. It's a it's a very good way to get cardio when it's raining, which is like the big reason I wanted to get into it. That's sick. Um, who's um speaking of content? Who it starts with an I, right? Who's the who's the YouTuber who makes videos about like Chris for life and all that? Like, there's definitely like uh, it's like here's this Osu here's the story of this Osu legend. Oh, uh, that's a Etienne, right? Yeah, oh, Etienne. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's an Eterna player. He's like a keyboard Simania player. He's yeah. very, very, very good at at all the keyboard rhythm games. Uh, and great, very cool videos. You know, for people who are interested in like video essays about niche video games, I think Etienne is a not a bad recommendation. Not yeah, to I think, I think it's very cool. Something. No, no, I, I agree. I like his channel a lot. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. A bunch of other stuff, but mostly DDR. That's like the big one. Sick. Wisely, what you got? What do you, you've got going on other than a dog? Well, I was going to say that has been taking up almost all of my time. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, he's underneath my desk right now. It's very no. cute. Um, which is good because he was, when I walked over there briefly, I realized he was chewing on a sock, which is something he hasn't done in like two weeks. So he chose now when I was stuck in the middle of a podcast. Um, <laughs> stuff that I'm doing, uh, I'm hoping to get back into rock climbing. Uh, rock climbing is one of my big things because uh, I just a smash stereotype. Um but I haven't been able to go in since I got the puppy. So I'm hoping to be able to do that again soon. Uh, same with all the instruments that you see in the background. I do a lot of music and I haven't been able to do that in a while. That's not even because of the puppy. That's just because of life stuff. 
Um, but yeah, those are like my big hobbies outside of this. Um, other than that, I'm really excited to start streaming again because it's been like three months since I've streamed or made a video. Um, and that's not just Smash. Uh, I do a lot of like indie game stuff too. Um, so if I only did Smash, like you said, I would go crazy because I need to do stuff outside <laughs> of just this one thing. For sure. Where can people find you on Twitch? Uh, all of my socials are at, at wisely. Um, so AT W I S E L Y. Yep. Uh, so that's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, I guess Instagram, but that's just normal life. I don't know why you would follow me there. <laughs> um, yeah. Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube are the big ones for me. Oh, I guess I, I want to do a shout out that I haven't been able to do yet. Um, I just started a new job. Um, yeah. so, uh, I've been doing this for a month. I'm super excited about it. I'm working for the children's cancer research fund. Ooh. Um, and it is for like the last six years, I've been working in nonprofit stuff in it, specifically youth work nonprofit in addition to all of my esports, like behind the scenes work. And my goal for since the beginning has been to combine the two. Uh, and so now I'm the live streaming community specialist or the live streaming and gaming specialist for the children's cancer research fund and we are building their like live stream program to start doing charity and fundraising through that and i'm super excited about it that so. is so sick. Dude, that's amazing yeah so like that's that has been why i haven't streamed in like three months because the goal is to make it even better for everybody else <laughs> that's great uh, dude what uh yeah, really cool yeah what a dream like what a dream um <laughs> that's amazing and yeah uh, um, it's sick to hear that you're going to start streaming so people can follow you over there. Mm -hmm. As far as Melee stats goes, you know, uh, to to kind of uh, bring this all together, MeleeStats.co is, is our website where you can find articles uh, like Monday Morning Marth and, and Wentz Melee. This week's Monday Morning Marth was written by Saber uh, about PM and P plus and, and, and a lot of the stuff that we talked about here. Uh, so definitely, if you are interested in, this, in what we've talked about here, that's a great companion piece. Uh, you know, you can check that out at MeleeStats.co. If you uh, like the podcast, you can uh, watch it over on Twitch.tv slash MeleeStats. And on YouTube, it's going to be at MeleeStats Archive. If you like our uh, our long-form content, our video essays, uh, you can watch that over on MeleeStats on YouTube. We just released a new one. Hey, wisely, a while ago, you mentioned Melee Puff Dittos at Grand Finals. That's what the new one's about. So you yep. can watch this. Uh, I didn't you know, mean little... to like say that. That wasn't like an intended plug, but I, I really like the <laughs> channel. So, <laughs> hey, the, the plugs, the videos are so good, you can't help but plug them. So you can check that out. Uh, Twitter.com slash melee stats pod. You can find us, tweet out links to that stuff, but you can also find daily re results reporting. So if you aren't able to keep up with everything that's going on in the scene, you can see who's winning what locals, see what's going on with that. A lot of cool things there. And, uh, you know, if you want to support all the stuff that we do, you can do so on patreon.com slash Melee Stats. Well, wisely, you know, I, I wasn't sure what a P-plus episode would be, but I, I'm very happy, at, you know, coming at the end of this. This is something where uh, I think I learned a lot, and I, I really think that this was a, this is not only good to, to talk about, but this is, you know, just a, a good thing to, to know going forward. And, and I hope that... Uh, you know, while this happened because of some unfortunate news, I, I hope that uh, next time we have to talk, have to, next time we get to talk about P plus, it's, it's a little bit of a, a more lighthearted sense. Absolutely. Um, so I appreciate you being on. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate everyone for, for tuning in as well. This has been uh, Waiting for Game, and then feel free to catch us next week. All right, everyone, uh, thanks for watching. Peace.